Welcome to the Envious Podcast. The MBS Podcast is brought to you by Yimby Eugene Springfield. MBS is a nonprofit devoted to making housing more affordable for all residents of our cities. Yimby stands for Yes in My Backyard because we stand for the idea of welcoming diversity into our neighborhoods across all spectrums, including race, socioeconomic status, and housing types. We'll be discussing housing politics and policy on this podcast from a wide array of perspectives. So if you know someone who might want to make their voice heard, please reach out to us. It's yimbyes at gmail.com. That's Y-I-M-B-Y-E-S at gmail.com or visit our page yimbyes.org. My name is Daniel Ivey. I'm the Yimby Eugene Springfield Board President. I'm joined today by Kristen Bartels, who is the Relief Nursery Community Engagement Coordinator and Alma Fumiko Jesus, United Way of Lane County Associate Director of Resource Development. So thank you so much for joining me today, ladies. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. So for those of you that don't know, um, Leadership Eugene Springfield is a uh, cohort of individuals. It's sort of a civics engagement course that takes place every year. Um, and it is uh, sort of where Yindi Eugene Springfield, uh, the, the idea for this nonprofit came from. Uh, there was a, a cohort of people last year. Uh, one of them was me, uh, and there were many others that, that had their hand in helping to form the nonprofit. Uh, and this year, uh, Kristen and Alma were uh, both attendees of Leadership Eugene Springfield um, and uh, did a lot of research uh, regarding the housing crisis in our community. And uh, as part of their final project, uh, they put together an infographic that will be uh, they and their cohort put together an infographic that will be available um, on the mbs.org webpage. Uh, so they'll be talking a little bit about that, uh, as well as um, just kind of some avenues where their research has taken them uh, in the interest of spreading the good word about um, how to uh, increase affordable housing opportunities for our community. Uh, they uh, they are here as uh, stakeholders in that process. So, uh, so yeah, without further ado, we can kind of dig in. Um, I think for starters, uh, as kind of an icebreaker, what I'm really just interested to hear about a little bit is uh, is how the uh, class has gone, Leadership Eugene Springfield, um, in, uh, you know, the the, uh, the COVID-19 world that we're kind of dealing with. Do you guys feel like you've been uh, able to be pr- pretty engaged still in the process? Yeah, I, um, um, I'll jump in first and then let Kristen uh, pick up. I, it's actually kind of interesting. I was thinking about how long our cohort had to spend together, and we actually lucked out, and we are still in the process of being able to meet online. So um, our cohort has been much longer than the average when people are meeting together. Um, and uh, the both the chambers have been very nimble in um, being able to transition and give us opportunities, and the speakers have all been really flexible. So um, yeah, we don't know what it was like last year, but uh, I really enjoyed being able to stay connected. And then for opportunities like this, like I feel like I have a life, lifetime um, friend and um, conspirator and advocate with Kristen. So those, those are the connections <laughs> I'm most, most proud of. This that's, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, I can, I can speak from uh, experience that last year there was a lot of 
lot of coordination with trying to get us from point A to point B throughout the day um, because there were lots of different places to visit. So, you know, it was nice to visit those places, but, um, uh, you know, cutting out that logistical piece probably meant that there was more time to focus on the issues and on the speakers. So, so maybe it was just, you know, pros and cons, right? Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. How about you, Kristen? Yeah, I think I and mirror Alma very much in that. I know that, you know, for, for all of us, it's been a huge learning curve, and I think the chambers have done a really good job of adapting to that. And um, I know personally, I, I mirror what Alma said. I've made a lot of really incredible friends through this process, and I've met a lot of people that are also invested in building the kind of community that we want to live in. And we know that it takes jumping in and rolling up your sleeves to get that work done. Um, so I'm just excited to to continue to nurture those relationships into the future. Very cool. All right. Uh, well, without further ado, we can kind of jump into the uh, the the subject matters that we kind of want to go over today. Um, I think we were going to kick things off by uh, talking a little bit um, about Alice. So Alma, why don't you uh, tell us what what Alice is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I also, uh, I think it's, um, I love when stars align with how things work out. And with uh, the work I do at United Way, we get to cast a large net and work with a lot of partners to um, collaborate toward common goals. And partners like the Relief Nursery and Kristen and, Be and who are boots on the ground also collaborating and working with many, many partners too. So this feels like a really, um, you know, as our team was planning this out, it just feels like a really nice combination of being able to share how we can all work together and, again, as Kristen said, roll up our sleeves and make a difference. So I really am excited for that. And, and because we're all really working toward um, that support and United Way looks at the people in our community who are struggling, which is basically all of us, because ALICE stands for Asset Limited, Income Constrained and Employed. So these are people in our community who are working hard and still struggling to make ends meet. And in Lane County, the average the average of that number, if you take all of our um, the cities and towns in our in our community, the average is about is fifty percent. So that means, you know, this is not this is everyone in our community struggling. Um, I was listening to um, a really great um, podcast, and they shared that um, you know your kids aren't gonna. When your kids go to school, they, they hang out with other children. And so if those other kids are being affected, if your child's being affected, everyone in that classroom is being affected by, if, by everything that's going on in their community, right? And so what we do, United Way has, um, all the United Ways work with a, a group who reviews and does, um, brings together different resources to put this report together called the Alice Report. And this is um, not necessarily the face of poverty, but it's, 50% of people in our community are struggling on average. This is just the new, this is where we're at. Everybody is in this situation. So we're all struggling from this. So this is really um, looking at how half the folks in, in Lane County fall into this category. The average wage for families is not keep keeping up with the cost of owning a home. And so we know when people are struggling, you're not really thinking about that long-term, you're not able to think about saving money to buy a house. And so we're trying to figure out what are the resources to be able to break that cycle and give our families more access. Um, and, you know, just thinking about how housing instability affects everyone in our community. Um, if you, you know, here in, um, especially in, like in Eugene, uh, property taxes are what help fund our school area schools and our the infrastructure. 
So if you have less people owning homes, that's less money coming into your community um, and less stability for community members as a whole, because if our kiddos aren't getting the resources they need in school um, or even resources they need to be going to school from home, where we're at right now, uh, that just, that's obviously, that affects everyone. And we're seeing that now more than ever with the effects of COVID. And um, less pet permanency in our community, so people become very transient. If they can't afford a home here, they're not going to stay in this community. And that's going to affect our ability to retain and recruit talented employees and build our community even more. Um, and as I talked mentioning earlier, you know, COVID has really amplified the issues around access. So uh, Alice families are struggling even more. So to be honest, I, I can't even, I'm not even 100% sure if that stat of 50% is still accurate because we, that was prior to us being in the situation we're in now with more people losing their jobs and, um, and just more people struggling to make ends meet. And we've also seen the, um, it's not, not that racism is, is brand new or anything, but like this COVID has really amplified the issues and built the awareness mm -hmm. for more as our, our community as a whole around how systemic racism and oppression have contributed to inequities surrounding access to housing and assets. So just that's kind of the, the, the big broad brushes around the situation that we're in right now and how we've kind of got to this place where there are not there's not enough housing available the housing that is available is inaccessible because of the cost and so um yeah that's what united way we're trying to look at how we're helping the community bring these issues up and address them like bring them to the surface talk about them and figure out how we can um get ahead of them and and fix the break that cycle of of struggle and I know Kristen has a lot more around, more specifics around that, which I appreciate going down the conversation. Yeah, yeah, we can, uh, yeah, well, I, I am eager to hear that uh, additional information. I just kind of want to, um, you know, uh, point out that uh, we, we do have a resource that is a, a really interesting one on our website that uh, one of the cohort from last year put together um, that is uh, sort of a, a, not a case study, but a, almost like a vignette like a like a look into the life of someone that is a um, you know single parent trying to get by in our community and it sort of breaks down their expenses and um, and it sort of shows that not only uh, are they um, the thing that I love so much about this breakdown is that it takes into account um, this individual reaching out and accessing all the resources of the community. You know, they're on food stamps, they're getting, um, you know, how they're getting assistance from various places. Um, but, uh, you know, even just something like the uh, the need to use public transportation, um, you know, uh, it complicates the ability to, to have access to community resources. So creating more walkable neighborhoods where, where people are able to get access to the resources that they need instead of being pushed to the outskirts of the city is uh, is is super important and and there's kind of a it's in the um, resources section of the web page where uh, where your um, your folks is an infographic is going to go so but, uh, but yeah so thanks for the background on Alice there um, Kristen I think you were going to uh, go into some some more uh, details on that yeah definitely so like Alma said um, at least half of our community falls into that Alice category where maybe they have a little bit of savings but one large medical bill or serious life event could put them in a situation where their housing is at risk and they have to make really hard choices whether or not to 
buy food for their kids or pay the rent or um, buy gas for their car. And it becomes a really challenging position that many of us have not been in, but a large number of our community is. Um, in Eugene and Springfield, about a quarter of families are paying more than 50% of their monthly income towards their rent, which is, is really high and definitely adds to the level of risk these families are feeling. And not to mention just the health implications of living in that kind of stress where you're just never sure whether you can cover all of the needs. That level of stress just adds so many um, health issues because you're, you're living in that constant, like, some nice, you know, fight or flight state. Um, home ownership in the area is a really interesting conversation too because when we're looking at the average median, median cost of a home in Eugene, what you need to make a year is around 68000 in order to afford that home and afford everything that goes along with that. But the actual median yearly income in Wayne County is right around 45000 So that means that a, a lot of families are already priced out of home ownership. So in doing our research and looking at why this is, um, a couple of factors play in here. And one of them is that Oregon is the most undersupplied state for housing in the U.S., according to a 2020 report done by Catherine Howley called U.S. Housing Market Missing $3.3 Million Homes, which was published by Housing Wire. And that also um, locally is, is very relevant because there are new land use and zoning regulations that will allow for residential development that can include some really beneficial resources and homes that are outside of the traditional unattached single-family homes. So these are homes that are the set between apartments and single-family unattached traditional houses, and they include tri- and fourplexes and cottage uh, clusters, which are much more affordable as an entry home. Um, it's really important to mention that this is a really timely um, conversation to have as advocates in the community because these zoning regulations have just changed on a state level and now it's trickling down to our counties and cities and so getting involved with the cities as they're having these zoning conversations and as they're figuring out how this is imp uh, implemented going forward we really want to get in there and advocate for this um, missing middle option that allows people to have home ownership and grow their assets um, and have something that's a little bit more permanent that, like Alma said, will help people want to stay in our community and grow roots here and be more invested in um, our home because they have that sense of ownership. Yeah, I couldn't agree more about about zoning, and I, I think that we, we have more and more allies and advocates about that, you know, as time goes on. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, speak at the Neighborhood Leadership Council um, uh, 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 let's see, that was about a month and a half ago now uh, in, uh, shoot, it's August already? I think, yeah, it was mid-June. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, one of the things that was really heartening about that conversation was the fact that um, these leaders from that, that, you know, sort of gathered together from the various neighborhood uh, associations really sort of um, have this in mind and, and they really, you know, support the idea of diverse housing typologies um, and, uh, you know, uh, Karen Knudsen has this wonderful anecdote. She's a local um, affordable housing advocate who's been on the podcast. Uh, and, you know, the, there's so much um, animosity when you go to uh, um, 
city council meetings towards renters and towards people that are, are trying to get access, you know, folks that are trying to get access to these types of homes. And, um, you know, she has this great anecdote about a fourplex that went in on her block and her neighbors were, um, uh, you know, kind of up in arms about it. And, and she said, you know, I mean, the, these you know, types of people that live in a house like this are could be you know great for our community. We you know young people coming in, we have babysitters, we can have you know uh, uh, sort of uh, that that vibrance that that we need, that that diversity that we need in our in our neighborhoods. And uh, and there was a, a huge snowstorm just a few months after they moved in, and uh, the folks that had moved into that fourplex, um, you know, they had gotten out, but you know, unbeknownst to this conversation, and they had shoveled the snow for the entire block so it's just it's uh you know the, the more diversity and the more not only um with with types of people but with types of housing you just get lots of different um uh, you know energy and and perspectives and uh it's um it's, it's a shame that uh, that so many people are are opposed to it so let's um, let's transition over i mean i think that a lot of people that listen to this podcast and and that are um uh you know Advocates in the community are are aware of the of some of the problems that we've come across, but what are um, some of the potential solutions, and and how can people um, you know learn about them and participate in them? You know that was a really exciting part of this adventure for me, um, especially with my work with Relief Ministry. We are constantly looking for uh, resources and solutions that we can get families connected with to help get them into a stable place where they can start to grow, um, whether that be in their career capacity, with their families and their skills. Um, So this was a really fun part of it for me. And I had the opportunity to um, speak with some really passionate people from local community resources in the city. So I just want to preface it that, you know, I'm learning just like we all are, and I'm going to do my very best to um, represent these organizations as they would, but I am not uh, a representative of any of them. And so there may be some areas where I I maybe misstate something, and I hope anyone from those organizations listening will have a little bit of grace, but just know that I really firmly believe in everything they're doing, and uh, I think they're doing a really tremendous job after talking with everybody. So I wanted to share some of those resources that I learned about in this process. Um, I talked with Deb Northwest, which is a really great organization here in the community. Um, They work a lot with financial literacy and financial planning for low-income demographics and communities of color and others who identify as minorities. And in learning about their programs, they have a whole um, a list of them, but the ones that are really applicable for this conversation um, were three that I thought were really worth mentioning specifically. So they have um, the Individual Development Account Initiative, which is a savings program. It's funded by a state tax credit, and there are a few organizations who are stewards of these funds. So this is a savings program for individuals and families who are um, at or below 80% of the area median income. That's an individual, uh, for an individual with no dependents, that's around 42,000 a year. Uh, The IDA initiative is a grant-based account that matches $5 for every dollar a qualified participant saves up to $1,200. So that's a $6,000 match for your $1,200 investment. Um, Individuals and families can use this money to help with car purchases, home purchases, down payment and closing costs, 
post-secondary education, including trade and tech ops, uh, rental deposits and assistive technology. And what assistive technology means is it's really anything that helps you do your work better. So if you're a chef, that's knives. Um, things that are, are really going to help you up your game there. Um, they thought that this was a really important solution to offer uh, because it also maximizes the long-term investment of the grant money. And to do that, they pair it with financial planning education and individual planning sessions, with the goal being that people who participate in this program are learning the skills that set new habits in a place to create a foundation for their long-term financial health. So it's so much more than this one-time grant. They're getting that individual counseling so that they start learning how to save and plan for these kinds of large purchases. And these are skills that they can implement in, in their future lives too. Uh, the second one that they have that's really cool is a first-time home purchase down payment assistance program. Um, that's for anybody who is buying a first-time home or who has not owned a home in the last three years. So it's a 0% interest loan for individuals and families up to 100% of the average area income, which I do want to note is pretty uncommon. I mean, not someone who is making the average amount. This isn't necessarily a low-income low demographic. Um, so for one person with no independence, that's up to $72,000 a year, and they can access up to $15,000 uh, for this loan amount. So the really interesting thing about this loan product is that there's no repayment required until you sell or refinance the home. And at that point, um, you are repaying the loan in full plus shared appreciation relative to the amount you borrowed, which I know can sound kind of confusing, but it's actually a pretty simple concept. So if you have a $300,000 home loan and you took that full $15,000 down payment assistance, you would repay the $15,000 plus 5%, which is $1,500. And the way you get to that 5% of that $15,000 is 5% of the total loan amount. So whatever percent um, the loan you took is of your total loan value, that's how they're figuring out the shared appreciation that you would pay back on the end of that loan. Um, the other really cool thing about this is that if your home doesn't increase in value, like when you go to sell it, you're not making any money, then you don't owe any interest. Or if the market unexpectedly tanks and there's a housing crisis, those funds that you borrowed actually become a grant. Hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. I I really like that program, and I I've actually um I had the I've had the experience of refer of referring a few people to that um when it was still uh Dev Northwest was still called Nedco. For those who don't know, uh, Nedco merged with uh, Willamette Neighborhood Housing. Association, I think is what it was called, um, and, and they became Dev Northwest. And um, one of the individuals that I sent over actually didn't end up qualifying for this program, but ended up making the contacts that they needed to uh, to get in touch with Habitat for Humanity and ended up getting a Habitat for Humanity house built for them because of their unique situation. So that that's one of the really cool things about these programs is that, you know, the more you know about them and the more connected you are, the more connected you are to the resources in the community and, and the ability to access them. Definitely. And Dev Northwest is a great resource for that. I mean, they if they don't have a, a good fit for you, they can definitely get you in touch with someone who is. And they also had a, a couple other 
interesting things, and, and I'm going to try not to get into too much detail and really refer you back to their site, but just a couple other things that were interesting to touch on um, were their community land trust homes, which is a brand new initiative. Well, not brand new. I would say new to me, and they have some new projects in the pipeline, um, but they're newer construction projects. So this makes home purchasing more affordable through land trust developments and cottage clusters. Um, this is interesting because the land trust actually owns the land, but you're buying the home that's on top of it. And so it makes it a much more affordable purchase because you're not factoring in uh, the land purchase to that deal. So it's available for those that are up to 80% area median income with the stipulation that you have to sell it to someone else who also falls into that 80% media area income. Um, so it basically is perpetually financially affordable. Um, they have one in Cottage Grove that's been finished and one in Bethel, and then they have one uh, coming up soon that they're going to be breaking land on in Florence. That's very exciting. And like I said, I could go on. It is exciting. Yeah, and I could go on for like quite a while, but like I said, I'm going to refer you back to Dub Northwest. They do have opportunities for rental assistance and down payment assistance in addition to a number of other financial education courses. So please visit devnorthwest.org or reach out to one of their staff members. I found that their staff uh, is so helpful and passionate about the work they're doing, and they're always happy to just pick up the phone and chat about you know what they've got going on. Yeah, that's they're they're such a great organization. Um, I am. Uh, I know we were wanting to uh, transition into what the the cities themselves are actually doing. I'd love to hear some some things about you know what what Eugene and Springfield um, are uh, are doing about the the crisis. What kinds of solutions do they have in mind? Yeah, so the city of Springfield has the Shop Program, which is the Springfield Home Ownership Program. And it is very similar to the one I mentioned with Dev North Northwest, the first time home purchase down payment assistance. They have slightly different um, income uh, requirements for that, but it's very similar. Um, the loan amounts are a little bit different, so I won't go into too much detail. They also have their emergency home repair program, which is for emergent repairs that need to be made to homes if you qualify as very low income, which is up to $22,000 a year for ind uh, individuals with no dependents. And this information is really easy to find on the City of Springfield's website. Just go to the City of Springfield website and enter shop into their search, and it'll easily redirect you to this page with all of the information that you need to apply um, and who qualifies. Uh, the City of Eugene has a different approach. They've actually focused primarily on increasing affordable rental housing in the area through community development block grants for land purchases and going about it with housing partnerships with local nonprofit organizations. Uh, for example, there's currently one in process in the process of being built through St. Vincent de Paul on River Road called Iris Place. Uh, the city of Eugene no longer has a program like SHOP. The reason for this was that homes in the price range uh, of those within that 80% AMI in Eugene were lower quality homes, often with issues requiring major renovations that the family may not have been able to afford, compounded by the time that it was taking to go through the process of allocating those funds. So it was basically pricing families out who were putting bids on those homes because someone with a larger down payment amount or who was paying cash would buy them out from under down payment assistance participants could be approved and funded. So 
So the city decided it made more sense to reallocate those funds to affordable housing through multifamily development. They have a few other projects that are in the works that are pretty exciting and haven't been announced publicly yet. At least one in combination with Dev Northwest and spoiler alert, some funds for mortgage and rental assistance for individuals and families up to that 100% AMI, which is about 72,000 a year. And um, also coronavirus federal CARES Act dollars for direct assistance through Lane County which the city is allocating this money to local organizations who are helping disperse that money to people in need. I know Relief Nursery is one of those organizations helping with applications for emergency housing and utility assistance to safely keep families in their homes throughout the economic disruptions of COVID. It is worth mentioning that it's um, organization to organization. So right now Relief Nursery is currently helping Relief Nursery families. And we are taking new uh, families on all the time but it isn't something where you can just come in and access these emergency funds and be done. It's really more about buying into the program. And that's the same with Governor West. To access these funds, you're really buying into the programs they're doing. So for them, it's financial education. For us, it's really about wraparound family support. Um, so it's not something where just anybody can come in and solve that application and be done with it. It's really about buying into the larger long-term solution of like figuring out what your family needs to thrive in the long-term. So oftentimes that's counseling or other things. And I just think that's fair, you know, truth in advertising to let people know there are more stipulations than just like, hey, I can access this money and, and be done with it quickly. There are definitely more steps for many of these organizations allocating those funds. That's, uh, that's an impressive amount of uh, things that the cities are doing. I, you know, I think that, um, I mean, I served on the housing policy board for uh, for about three years and heard a lot of the behind the scenes things about what we're uh, going on around some of these programs. And it's it's good to hear that um, they are, you know, still still plugging along and uh, and moving forward. Definitely. Yeah, it's worth taking a moment to, to thank everybody from both of the cities and Lane County for all of their hard work throughout this. I was really struck in all of my conversations um, by the fact that many areas in our nation have had experience with disaster relief efforts from storms or floods or other extreme events. And this just really isn't something we experience here. And I think it's really easy to be frustrated with the things that hadn't happened quickly or like we'd hoped. But I just wanted to take a moment and um, acknowledge all the long hours that our city and county employees and, and other local nonprofit partners have put into figuring out how we can help our neighbors and community members stay safely in their housing and receive access to all of the resources they need to make it through this impact. Yeah, what are um, some of the other uh, uh, resources? Just to you know, we can kind of we can kind of throw some of them out there. Some of what are some of those nonprofits? Yeah, you can definitely reach out to Homes for Good, uh, previously known as HEXA, which was the housing authority. Now they've rebranded as Homes for Good. Um, Catholic Community uh, is another great place to get in touch with, and St. Vincent Paul. And they all have rental assistance and guidance. Um, another place you can look is the Relief Nursery website. I think a really cool part of our organization, like United Way, is that we're really looking at getting people plugged in the larger solution. And I'm just aware of the resource we have available, which is pretty intact. It's a 40-page community resource guide. 
And I mean, 40 pages small print, and it's broken down by like your need, whether it's housing or food, um, counseling, whatever you're looking for, it lists all of those other organizations that we're aware of who do that thing. So if you go to our website at reliefnursery.org slash family, it's that first link on the page, or you can contact me directly and I will work to get you in contact with the right person. And my uh, contact info is on our staff directory on our website. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Any other resources? I was. Uh, yeah, I was oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, it's a, it's such an awesome uh, resource. I I know I've looked at it and referred people to it, and uh, it's one of the challenges with any document like that is keeping it up to date um, because you know all those little things can change here and there, and it's just a it's a it's it's just a great community resource that that is um, kept up to date like that. So. Yeah, we update it quarterly. So it's it's quite a project. Yeah. I was just going to give a nod to that resource. To be honest, that that Relief Nursery um, website resource is amazing. So um, even just for any community member listening to this right now, just go take a look at it because it's always, you know, sometimes it can feel overwhelming to know how we can help, how we can be part of a solution. And, um, and I appreciate Kristen pulling all of this information together to be able to I feel like I just got a wonderful synopsis of uh, what we learned in our leadership Eugene Springfield class. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, we talked about that. We talked about that. It's like to see all of this together is really nice. Um, and it can be overwhelming to think about how I can be helpful. So, you know, it's nice, again, 40 pages that it's small print, but it's also nice to know that there is like, you know, that, that's your um, your way to be able to make impact and, and help. And, and that is what gets me most excited about conversations like this, because we're all coming together to, to share what we learn, and, and um, again, to your point, Kristen, I'm not an expert at any of this, but um, I try to be a like a, a beacon to share as much as I possibly can. And so I think um, advocacy is so important in this work. Just knowing the facts about what's going on in our community and why we're in the place we're in, and um, you know, seeing someone that's struggling and whatever and whatever level they're struggling. Um, thinking a little bit further than just what you see in the surface, right? Like being able to just think about, uh, just understand a little bit more of the complexities around um, access to housing and homelessness and, and all of that. There's so much more, there's such a narrative that that, that brought a person to where they're at and, and our community is impacted by that narrative. So just learning a little bit more about that and, um, and taking a look at all the resources that Kristen mentioned, those are just, it is really, um, impactful long they're so impactful to understand that and i think also um again being able to support the organizations that that advocate advocate for people that are um trying to you know being able to access housing being able to afford housing and just looking at the vulnerable populations and honestly like we are all vulnerable if we think about being just a medical expense or car repair away from falling into homelessness we're all vulnerable, and so it, it helps all. It helps our community. It helps us. It's self-serving to be able to take care of your community. Um, so that's something that I just feel super passionate about. Like helping your neighbor helps you because we're all part of this ecosystem, and so um, it's really important. So, uh, and I think that another thing you can do is go visit the Yimby website, look at that um, infographic that our team put together, learn more about this, and again share more, be, a, be an advocate. Like we right now, we're all engaging online. So share what you learn and and then dig a little bit more just to make sure, you know, you look at the facts and look at the details, but but share what you learn. And um, yeah, I think it's gonna take all of us working together 
to be able to get where we need to be so that everyone is able to thrive in our community. And, and I know I have a bit of a Mary Poppins viewpoint on that, but I really believe if we all do a little bit, we can do so much, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the Yeah, thanks so much for, for sort of addressing the most common question certainly that I get in my, um, you know, advocacy in my work is people, you know, they, they want to figure out a way to help, but they, they want to do so in a way that is, um, you know, that they have the capacity for. And so having lots of different ways to, to help, even if it's just sharing the information with your, um, you know, social networks and, and not just, not just clicking the share button, but really sort of digging in and, and, you know, explaining the passion that, that you have for, um, the, you know, these various initiatives is, is such an important step in, in getting, uh, getting them recognized and not making the assumption that people know. I mean, you know, like I, I think I said even on this podcast, like, oh, um, a lot of you who are listening are going to be housing advocates already, so so you may know some of this stuff. But um, but we need to go into the assumption that that none of it is known, and 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 make sure to you know get the word out, repeat it over and over again, so that it becomes some um, second nature. You know what the problem is and what some of the solutions are. Absolutely. Yeah, you are so right in that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, I think that's. Uh, that's a wrap. I mean, I think we did a great job of kind of summarizing a lot of those different things. Again, if you have, um, you know, ways that you want to get involved, please reach out to, to yimbs.org uh, uh, and uh, there's there's ways to connect us. Uh, there's also ongoing conversations on the uh, Yimby Eugene Springfield community uh, Facebook group. Um, lots of posts and interesting uh, discussions about the housing crisis um, and, uh, and, and what we can do to help. So uh, thank you so much, Alma and Kristen for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.